We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Two balls, two strikes. He struck him out. First save in the career of Tiago Vieira. And a 2-1 final, another hug of Rayu and Sanchez, another one-run victory here in Tampa. That highlight courtesy of WGN Television from last night. White Sox win over Tampa. Tiago Vieira acquired last November with the save. He got some really good stuff. He got a great splitter, nice fastball, good breaking stuff. Interesting as the White Sox continue to collect players and uh, start to think about where they may be in a year or two or three. Right now, it's time to go out to the score hotline where we're joined by White Sox player development director Chris Getz. Hey, Chris, Barry Rosner here. Thanks for your time today on Hit and Run. How you doing, Barry? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, before we get into uh, the White Sox system and the guys you're looking at every day, I want to take you back to 2010 to 2013 when you're with the Kansas City Royals and you are watching, to a, to a great extent, uh, the same program that's occurring now with the White Sox. And Except you're at the big league level and you're seeing guys come up and you're seeing them suffer at the big league level and you're seeing guys get sent back down and you're seeing what the process is like. As you think back on that and think back to that team that eventually went to the World Series in 2014 and then won it in 2015, what goes through your mind? Yeah, there's there's definitely some similarities. Um, you know, being over in Kansas City and, you know, one by one, you know, the Hosmers, uh, the Moustakases, the Canes, uh, Danny Duffy, uh, Herrera, you know, these, these pieces, um, you know, it was like once a month they, they, they seemed to, to join us at the major league level. And we, it was uh, a tough time. I mean, we, we were struggling. We were at the bottom of the division, um, and these guys were, were ready for, to make their major league debuts. And it wasn't uh, necessarily a smooth transition for those players. There definitely were some bumps and bruises along the way. But with that long-term vision uh, that, that the front office had over there of uh, be very patient, these are the guys that we uh, that we we figure to be part of this championship uh, type goal that we that we have uh, we have in our minds and and before you know it uh, there was a a core group uh, that was up there and you know I think being that they went through some of those struggles they were they definitely reaped the rewards and made them stronger the brotherhood was stronger uh, and obviously they brought. Uh, a World Series championship to Kansas City. So th- there's definitely some crossover uh, that's already occurred here and will continue. Chris, I talk every week about young pitchers and what they go through, and I, I bring up the names of Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz and others like them who really suffered at the big league level when they got here. And, and you think about 
some of the things that Giolito and Rodon and Covey and Fulmer and Lopez, you name it, whoever they are, and the things that they've gone through, and you talk about how progress is not linear, you see it all the time. You see a great start and then maybe a bad one. You see great months and bad months. Uh, when you look at young pitchers, how do you frame what they go through and what are your expectations once they get to the big leagues? Well, yeah, there's definitely uh, there's definitely a learning curve. I don't know. I, I don't care who the pitcher is. I mean, or I guess that that goes to, to even position players. But uh, you know, the, at the major league level, it, it's such an elite level. You know, we try to simulate it the best we can in the minor leagues. But once you get to the the major leagues, you're playing against the the best in the world, and you're playing on a stage, uh, and, and there's a lot of noise that comes with that. So, uh, from the player development standpoint, we try to prepare these players the best we can. Uh, but we know that it's a it's a different animal uh, when when they get to the major leagues, and you know it's a our our goal on the PD side is to 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 really instill what the the strengths are of our players, so they have as much confidence as possible. So when they they do either get on the mound and step in the box for the first time, that they they do have the confidence to compete. But uh, you're facing hitters that you just haven't faced before, or pitchers uh, for that matter, and. You know, you might have a good start. Well, guess what? You know, you advance scouting. There's a lot of information now uh, on how pitchers or you're being attacked, uh, and adjustments are made quickly at that level, and you need to be ahead of those adjustments. Um, so th- there's a lot that goes into it, and that's why it takes a little bit for, for some of these guys to, to become the players that we initially envisioned. Let's start at the very top with Eloy Jimenez, who, you know, by by most accounts, looks to be ready to be in the big leagues. That is not your decision. You're not the general manager. Um, I wouldn't bring him up until until at least 10 days in the next season, but that's just me, Chris. That's uh, also not my decision. But when you look at where he is and what he's accomplished, what do you think of in terms of comps for him, if you have a player that, that you think of in terms of a comp? And what does he have left to accomplish at the minor league level? Well, I have to say, you know, once yeah, we acquired him in the trade last year, he's done nothing but perform offensively. I mean, this guy's uh, been able to drive the ball to all fields. Uh, you know, he, he seems to, to be able to, to, to set up pitchers. He's very advanced. Uh, at each level brings new challenges. You know, the double-A level, uh, I'd say generally speaking, uh, more of a fastball type level and then you go triple a when you've got you know some some veterans some guys that have been in the major leagues these six-year free agents they pitch backwards but he's been able to to close the gap uh at, at each spot um you know in terms of comparisons I, I i really don't like doing that um but i, I will say it's uh, it, it's one of those he's one of those players that, that you rarely see uh seamlessly kind of move through through the minor leagues and i I would imagine that he he's not going to waste any time at the major league level. Um, it, you know, they're they're defensively. Uh, you know, he makes the routine play. Um, he's uh, he's got a pretty good arm. Uh, makes good decisions. We would just want to make sure he's as well rounded as possible. Whether that be base running defensively, obviously offensively, and we're getting very close. So uh, I think you know when that time comes, we're going to be. Uh, I'll be excited to, to see what happens, but all signs point to, to, to uh, plenty of success to come in the major leagues for Eloy. Is it still open for discussion where he could play in the outfield, or is it? do you think it's pretty much settled? Uh, you know, I think left is where ultimately he's going to settle with the ability to play right field. 
you know, nowadays with in terms of uh, kind of the, the spray charts and where um, where players are, are more apt to, to hit the ball, you know, positioning-wise, you know, I think you could go left or right. He's got the ability to play both. But we've had him in a uh, majority of his, his – play at left field last night he did play right but um i think left field is gonna be that's where you're gonna see the majority of his work similarly michael kopech would seem to have very little left to prove in the minors what do you see when you watch him and what does he still have to work on before he gets to the big leagues we've had four uh very good starts um you know it's been an interesting season i think ultimately a very uh this will for his long-term development just to uh a lot of good things that he went through uh, this year. Um, it hasn't been completely smooth, but that's a good thing. Um, but he's in a in a good spot right now. He's uh, commanding this fastball the best he has. Uh, he's differentiating his, his breaking pitches, the curveball and the slider. He's getting more consistent with those. He's uh, he's getting more confident with his changeup. Um, so you know he's got four four solid outings in a row. Uh, we just want to continue to build off of that. Um, you know, Michael's a very confident player, and, and we feel that he's going to be an impactful type starter in the major leagues, and there's a chance that it happens fairly soon. Dylan Cease uh, seems to have found something even more dominating than uh, than a month ago or two months ago, which seems hard to believe considering what he did at high A. He's now dominating at double A. Uh, he, I, I don't know if it's adding a third pitch or commanding a third pitch or what it is, um, but he's just he's taken apart double A. Uh, there's only what three weeks left in the minor league system. Would there be any point to another promotion this year, or are you satisfied with where he is? Uh, well, in terms of his development right now, uh, very satisfied. You know, the goal going into this season was let's get a full season's worth of of innings under his belt. Uh, he hasn't had a, he hasn't had that before. He was at 93 innings last year. Uh, We've surpassed that, and we're conscious of that. We've got a marker that's set in our minds uh, in terms of where we want him to finish this year. But, uh, he, you know, he had a tremendous offseason. He got a lot stronger. He knew what he had to work at, uh, work on. He came into to Major League Camp and really stood out there, and then he was off and running. Uh, you know, the fastball, obviously, it's a, uh, an upper 90s fastball. He's getting better with, with command of that pitch. Uh, he's always had a good curveball, but now the slider has become a a, a definite plus, and the changeup uh, is also coming along. In which uh, hitters just have not hit his changeup this year at all, and he's getting more confident with it. And he's throwing all these pitches in in all different counts. So, uh, really, I couldn't be any happier um, from a farm director standpoint in his development. Uh, now, in terms of moving him forward, we've. Uh, we're obviously only have a couple weeks left here uh, of the minor league season. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it, but and obviously he's he's put together some really really quality starts here recently. But uh, all things considered, uh, he's in a really good spot and should have a lot of confidence going into 2019. Visiting with White Sox uh, minor league director, player development director, whatever you guys, farm director, whatever you guys call it today. In my, in my day, it was farm director, Chris, but, you know, you can call it whatever you want. He's Chris Getz of the White Sox. Um, so Nick Madrigal struck out last night. What happened? Uh, you know what? Should we send him back? Should we send him back bust to, out. to Canapolis? He's, he's a bust out. <laughs> um, how does that happen to a guy who never strikes out? 
Unbelievable. You know, I, I think I need to give him a phone call. But uh, he's obviously he, he off to a nice start uh, without the strikeouts, but he, he's putting quality at bats. I mean, we, we, we targeted this guy. Couldn't have been happier to, to be able to acquire him uh, in the draft. But this guy, he, he's a gamer. But he's, first, first game I ever watched him play, I mean, he doesn't take a pitch off. Uh, he's a winner. He communicates well in the field. Uh, when he comes to the box, he's looking for, for to make something happen. When he's on the bases, he, he's he's ready to, to wreak havoc there. And then you just talk to him as a person, and he's going to be a tremendous team, or he is a tremendous teammate. So, um, you know, he's he's he can be a middle of the order bat. He can be uh, the top of the order, all just based on what you have uh, on your team. But he's going to be a valuable piece for us moving forward. And really excited to to uh, continue to watch his growth. What uh, what's happening with Alec Hansen? I, I know he had the injury to start the year, and that can certainly set a guy back. Uh, you just sent him from Double A back to High A. Where what's going on with him right now? You know, he just never really. Uh, he didn't have a obviously a spring training because of uh, you know the arm arm injury that he had. Yeah. Uh, that's behind us. His arm is feeling very good, but he we just haven't been able to get him in sync. Um, but with He's got a really solid relationship uh, with the pitching coach at Winston-Salem. Uh, you know, when we, we, when we first acquired him, uh, the pitching coach was, and this is Matt Zaleski I'm talking about, he, he had him in Great Falls and had him in Kannapolis last year. Uh, and then obviously Alec was off and running and, and pitched to three levels last year and had a lot of success. Uh, but it's just been a funky year. He's been out of sync, and this is a way of kind of slowing things down, getting more of a controlled environment. He had an excellent side session yesterday, probably the best side session we've seen of him all year. Uh, but we're, we're just kind of de- taking it one step at a time. Um, but we're, we're, we're going in the right direction here, and we want to leave this season uh, with some positives. I want him to feel good about some things. So it's been an, uh, an odd year. I think it'll be an outlier. Uh, at the end, end of the end of the day, we believe in this kid. He's got great stuff. Uh, obviously, you were looking at a six foot seven presence on the mound with a plus fastball, good curveball, slider, and changeup. Uh, we just need to get him back in rhythm, and I feel like we're in the right direction. So many guys. I mean, it's it's a nice place to be when you're rebuilding. You have so many guys I want to ask about. So I'll just I'll throw a name at you. You can just tell me, uh, you know, how they're doing coming back from injury or how they're performing and. And how you feel about him, uh, Luis Robert? Uh, Luis is going to—he'll uh, be active this week back in Winston Salem. Um, he's just getting some at bats in Arizona because of the layoff, but mm-hmm. he's feeling really good. His uh, his thumb is completely healed. He's got strength in that in that uh, that arm. Uh, his at bats have been solid. This guy, uh, ultra talented. Uh, he can change the game in so many different ways. So our hope here is to. To get him back this week, get some at bats. Winston Salem uh, is uh, obviously they have a very very good team with a lot of good players, and they're also going to have an extended season because they've clinched a playoff berth. So he's going to be part of that. And then uh, we have hopes of him going to the fall league and uh, getting more at bats there. But it's just a a matter of getting at bats uh, under his belt. Uh, but this guy is uh, fun to watch, and he's definitely part of this bright future. Zach Birdie. Zach Birdie pitched last night. Uh, his first time on a uh, game mound. Uh, very good. Uh, the, the feedback has been positive. We're going to get him some starts there. Or, no, I'm sorry, some, some outings there in Arizona. 
uh, finish off the season with hopes of him heading to the fall league uh, as well. So he's in a good spot. This guy, one of the hardest workers that we have in the organization, you know, although he had the setback with Tommy John, you know, day one, we, after it was diagnosed and then had the surgery, uh, we put a plan in place and he, he hasn't missed a beat. Um, he's right on schedule and we expect him to be Zach Birdie um, that we all know. Luis Basabi. Luis Basabe had a very solid season uh, last year. You know, he, he had a nagging kind of knee injury. It was, it was cleaned up, came back strong, had a very good off season, came back stronger, uh, was off and running in Winston-Salem, put together some great at-bats, uh, hitting for power, getting on base. Um, you know, he's a guy who's got, you know, a couple plus tools right out of the gate. Um, so, I mean, he's, uh, he did great things in Winston-Salem. He's continued his progress there in AA, and we hope for another uh, healthy and productive offseason and expect him to, to be in the outfield in Chicago in the near future, too. Steele Walker. Steele just got to Kannapolis. Uh, he, we had him in the three-hole. He's going to get his at-bats there the, the, the rest of the way here, but still we're excited to have. He's a guy that we felt like uh, – you know, we felt like we got another first-rounder with that second pick. And uh, this guy's got personality. He's a grinder. Um, a lot of people have thrown out he's got kind of an Aaron Rowan-type mentality, which we love to hear. Uh, but he, he's he's a guy that's going to be added to, to the mix that we have. Uh, excited to see his growth, see him the rest of the way, and certainly instructionally. Jake Berger, wow, what a, what a, what a brutal break for him. What are you hearing from him in his latest rehab? The rehab is, is, is going smoothly. Obviously, we had the, 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 the setback. But, um, you know, considering all the things he's been through, he's continued to stay positive. You know, our, our, uh, our PT and our training staff uh, out in Arizona, they've done a great job. And, and, and so has Jake. He's been very regimented with what he has to do to get back on the field. But uh, we're hoping to, to get him back into baseball activities here in the near future and ready for next season. There are so many guys I could ask you about. Who uh, do we not talk about enough, do you think? or I mean, you, I mean, you probably don't read everything or hear everything or see everything, but who isn't talked about enough, do you think, that's kind of a guy that we should be watching and talking about? You know, there are a couple guys, um, I think, that don't quite get the attention as others, um, which is okay. Um, you know, there, there's the Ian Hamiltons of the world. You know, he's in, in AAA, continues to – to pitch well this season, he's got back end uh, of the bullpen type stuff. Um, Laz Rivera is is a bit of a sleeper or was a sleeper. Twenty eighth round pick that has continued to well, he performed great in Canapolis, continues to, to be a catalyst in Winston Salem. Plays a good shortstop. Uh, he's got a he's got a hit tool and he's got some power. It is it is I think it was his tenth homer last night. Uh, just continues to perform, but uh, just a baseball player. Um, and it's always great to have these up the middle type players. But him and him and Nick Madrigal are fun to watch uh, in Winston Salem. But th- those two guys, I think, are, are 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 two key pieces that that probably aren't talked as much as the others. Chris, tough year for injuries. I mean, it's just uh, it. I guess it's one of those years. Is there any? Do you feel like there's anything here that uh, you guys uh, had any control over, or is it just one of those fluke years where where bad things happen? I think it's probably more fluke than anything. Certainly, with 
uh, with the injuries that you have, you, you look back and you assess kind of the, uh, some of the systems that you have in place and make sure everything's clean there and as efficient as possible. Uh, we're certainly doing that. We'll continue to do that. But uh, some of these injuries were, gosh, just unavoidable. Um, but I, 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 other than, you know, the, the Jake Burgers and uh, maybe a couple others, we've, we've kind of overcome a lot of these. And guys, these guys have still gotten a, a healthy chunk of uh, – uh, a season. I mean, uh, Mike Rodolfo, we certainly had Tommy John, and, and that's unfortunate, but we were also very lucky to, to essentially get uh, a solid, uh, almost season's worth of that bat. So, and, and we're going to be able to accomplish that next season. So, uh, we've made the best of, of what's kind of been given to us as an organization. Chris, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. I know Sox fans appreciate it as well, uh, getting an update on some of these guys. They're excited. They want to see them. Uh, they want to see them tomorrow, but that's not going to happen. Um, but uh, they are on their way, and it's, uh, it's uh, a lot of fun for them to keep up with them. So thanks for your time. Well, no problem. Thanks for having me, Barry. Our pleasure. Chris Getz, White Sox Minor League Director, right here on Hit and Run on the Score. When we come back... We'll visit with the score's very own Bruce Levine here on Hit and Run on the Score. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by Campland RV. Enjoy sizzling summer savings going on now for select RVs at Campland RV. Visit the lot or check out CamplandRV.com for great deals. Just a short drive on I-94 in Burns Harbor, Indiana. Campland RV, RV buying made easy. Bring that music back up, Eli. That's Bruce. There you go. It's Bruce's music. Right now, it's time to go out to the SCORE hotline where we're joined by SCORE baseball insider Bruce Levine. You hear him every Saturday morning on Inside the Clubhouse. You can follow him on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine, and you can hear him right now on Hit and Run. Okay, Bruce, where is your you Darvish optimism today? Well, uh, he said, Barry, that he is uh, healthy and uh, ready to go and uh, that he doesn't have uh, any back issues. Uh, that came up yesterday that they worked on his back to make his uh, arm feel better and that it was a whole body routine that they were going over to uh, help him get going. I, Joe said that he hadn't talked to him yet, but, uh, you know, it seems like all systems are go. And next would be a sim game uh, sometime in the next uh, two or three days. And uh, after that, you know, we can imagine that, full throttle ahead, and maybe by the end of this month, uh, he's on the mound for the Chicago Cubs. Um, As you think back on, say, the last, I don't know, two weeks of Kyle Hendricks, uh, a a couple really good, a couple okay, usually first inning problems, and then some good. What are you seeing in Kyle Hendricks that may be different from struggles earlier this year? Fastball command, Barry, and uh, the use of the curveball more. He's getting more swing and miss. And, uh, you know, with, with a sinker ball pitcher and not a strikeout pitcher, I think, you know, when you see seven strikeouts, no walks, you're not saying, oh, well, he's blowing people away. What he's doing is he's commanding his pitches, and uh, he's really handling the lower quadrant of the strike zone. And that's, that's the key for any sinker baller or guy that doesn't throw 99. And in particular for Kyle, uh, who has had, uh, you know, first inning woes, early game woes, where he's given up a lot of home runs this year. Uh, back to being a dominant pitcher, not quite yet. Uh, the pitch count, you know, still running up way too high for five and two-thirds innings. We expect Kyle to be a seven-inning pitcher now for his 100 pitches. That's when he's at his best. But 
you know, with the different approach by offensive players now and the deep counts that everybody hits in and the foul balls that occur all the time, it, it's really, really difficult to find a seven-inning pitcher. And Kyle's trying to get back to the, uh, that. But nonetheless, he's, he's improved. He's better. And maybe someone you can count on a little bit more for a strong rotation for the Cubs going toward the last 50 games of the season. Where's uh, Brandon Morrow at this point? We don't have, we don't have no idea. <laughs> Barry, we talk to him every couple of days. He's an amiable sort of guy that uh, will talk to you about anything, give you an honest answer. But he said that, you know, uh, it feels better, but he's not ready to go back up on the mound and throw. Um, hasn't thrown for 17 games. This will be 18. So uh, I, I asked him, you know, it's, it's interesting he asked me that because I, I asked him yesterday, I said, how do you go from doing nothing for three weeks after having elbow soreness yeah. to throwing 98? Isn't it like getting in a Corvette that's just been repaired and had a new engine put in it? And you ask the, uh, you ask the, the repair guy, the guy who did the engine, can I go 100 miles an hour right away? And that's kind of what you have to do with a guy who depends on 98 miles an hour to get people out. He comes back and he's throwing 94, 95. That ain't it. That's not him. So uh, he said, well, we have the luxury around here of having a franchise that wants to take care of you first, that have gone out and gotten other guys that can do this job. They have over 200 other saves in that bullpen uh, that they can rely on. And I don't feel any anxiety to have to get back before I'm healthy. So I can be 100% honest with them uh, when I'm ready to go and how I build it up. To answer you directly, Barry, no idea. Okay. How do you line up uh, the guys in the back right now with Strope and Kinsler and Ciszek and uh, take your pick? Is it uh, dependent on matchups? Is it dependent on Joe's gut feeling? Is there any way to line it up right now? I think all of that, Barry, plus uh, how many times the guys have been used. I mean, you know, you're getting an average of, what, five and a third innings a game yeah, on, a, on a good rotation. on a good day. Yeah, exactly. So, so that means there's almost four innings to cover by uh, these very good bullpen guys and credit to Epstein and Hoyer for going out and continuing to add really strong minded, good pitchers to that bullpen to enhance what's been the strength of this team so far. But at some point the attrition in the last 50 games is going to be there. You know it. I mean, no, no matter how well you, you think you're trying to rest guys, there, there is a, a burnout factor, and I think you have to go game to game. You can trust Zeshek at the end. Strope, uh, you know, looked awful on Friday. Joe brought him back right away, and he looked like, uh, you know, one, two, three, a different pitcher yesterday. And Strope talked about the fact that sometimes you just have to put out of your mind that it's, regardless whether you're a veteran or not, that you're. it's just another inning. It's not, oh, i got to get these outs because it ends the game or – if I mess it up, uh, you know, we lose the game. It's just go about what you do the best, and that is throw your good stuff, get out of the inning, and, you know, the game's over. But uh, he's got Ciszek, he's got Strope, he's got Kinsler that's closed out games and uh, had a really good season of doing it. Uh, he's got people to use, and uh, he's not afraid to use any of them. I've talked to a lot of those guys, and they're not afraid to be used. I think we when we hear – bullpen by committee, I think people start to break out in hives, don't you? Because 
How many times has that ever really worked out for an extensive period of time? Yeah, no, it's not ideal. You'd love to have one guy, but I'm not sure at this point that they have that. Um, Bruce, as you look at what's going to take place over the next couple of weeks before playoff rosters are set and the waiver period, uh, you think the Cubs are looking at anyone specifically, and what will the White Sox try to do over these next few weeks in terms of moving some pieces? Well, I think James Shields should be able to get moved. And if you look at his overall numbers, and we've talked about this on your show with you and Joe as well, that if you look at his overall numbers, they're horrible. You know, four wins and an ERA of 470. It's like, no, we, we can't use this guy. But then you look at eight games that he's thrown seven innings or more. Yeah. And as I think I told you a couple weeks ago, how many guys do you find like that? So I think uh, he can help somebody out there. Uh, I think hopefully, uh, you know, you're going to find a place for Leori Garcia. Um, I don't think you're moving Abisel Garcia at this point. I, I don't think that's happening. So not a lot to be done there. I would not be shocked if the Cubs go out and try to find a guy that can hit with a little bit of pop that might be available because of the unknown status uh, for Chris Bryant. If, if you don't know when Chris is coming back, and we don't know that right now, and we don't know what type of condition he's going to be in, whether he can extend that left arm and use that shoulder to the point where he is a, uh, a slugging type guy again, then you might need another bat in this lineup to feel good about it, making a strong run in the playoffs. So well, maybe, maybe a bat, maybe a bat that nobody is looking at right now for this team. Like Josh Donaldson. That would be ideal. I mean, again, uh, people will say, oh, well, what do you do? Can you put Connie Lestella in the minor leagues again? Do you DFA uh, such an important player? And so Madden talks about those things, you know, that watch out for who you bring in this type of time of year. Uh, they can sometimes help you, but I've seen where ruining the chemistry uh, with a guy that's not right for the team can kill you. Um, you have to be careful with that. But, again, uh, I think when it, when it comes to adding depth, you know, you're never you're never quite good enough in your mind. And, and Epstein and Hoyer are the consummate guys to go out there and say, look at the National League. It's not a great league. We've been the best team, and we're not a great team. With a little bit more addition, we can be a good enough team to go to the World Series again. Bruce, thanks for your time. Uh, we're running short of time, as usual, but uh, I appreciate you coming on late in the show today. I look forward to talking to you at length next week. Barry, it's a pleasure, and I was just thrilled to find out about your uniform from uh, your vendors. day being at, in a very important part at the Hall of Fame, and it's, it's there for everybody listening and everybody, tell all your friends around the country that that vendor's uniform uh, that Barry uh, borrowed from uh, that company that you worked for is there in a prominent spot. I'm surprised that you even knew about that, like that you knew that my vending uniform was in the Hall of Fame. I just I'm... heard it, and I was shocked, and I was so pleased. <laughs> Bruce, I'll talk yep. to you. I'll That's talk great. to you next week. week. That's Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine, who joins us every week here on Hit and Run. You can hear him every Saturday morning on Inside the Clubhouse. Eli, uh, we're short on time. You, ha- uh, how long is the Paul Canerco? Uh, it's about two minutes. Do we have time for that? We could squeeze it. 
Yeah. We'll do the let's do the Almora first. I thought that was really interesting. Okay, go ahead. You know, Strope's closed back to back games and yep. I have this story up on the score doc or six seventy the dot com talking about Pedro Strope and his consistency. He is the, he's the most holds in, in Cubs franchise history. He's one of the best Cubs relievers of all time. And here's what Albert Armour had to say about Pedro Strope, an interesting perspective considering he's standing right behind him, you know, that vertical angle from center field. He just keeps hitters guessing from pitches to delivery. And guessing pitches is hard enough, but guessing delivery is even harder. So guys with leg kicks like me, if I have a guy that I know might slide step or might, you know, come to a quick move, it throws me off and it, and it makes me focus that much more. And so it's tough. It's tough. And plus his talent speaks for himself. Like the movement that his baseball has is it's unbelievable. Slider from center field it starts it starts at a hitter and then it ends up in the other box, which is basically unhittable. You know, when it's on. So if I were to face him, my game plan would be different. I would, you know, go into my two strike approach from the get go, just because. I would eliminate the process of him trying to throw me off. But that's what it is. I mean, it just makes a hitter, we're usually comfortable up there. And it's not that his ball is unhittable, but it's just delivery and motion and you know all the things coming at you, it's different. So it makes hitters a little bit more on edge. Shut him down! Don't throw the baseball! That is uh, Albert Almora <laughs> talking about Pedro Strope. Uh, we don't have time for the uh, Canerco audio. We'll save it for next week. We'll have time next week. Um, if you haven't been watching this Yankees Boston series, the, the Boston is just is just they have they have put away the Yankees. That race is over. It's eight and a half games, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees make a run before this is over. But that's an awful lot of ground to make up. Uh, I know uh, more ground than that has made has been made up in less time. It's just the way they are playing. It's kind of scary right now. So it looks like the Yankees are headed for a coin flip game. Red Sox, and without Chris Sale. I think it's, I know this is getting into nitpicking here, but you would you take the A's or the Mariners at this point? Well, the Mariners are in a free fall. I mean, the Mariners have been, the Mariners have been dreadful. And uh, the A's have a two and a half game lead on them now. A lot of time left, you know, teams, teams make runs. And uh, teams have losing streaks, and the Mariners are in a bad spot right now. It's just the A's have played such good baseball for so long here. It uh, it does not look good for the Seattle Mariners at the moment. But again, it's August 5th, so uh, we'll see. But the Red Sox have put away the Yankees. Cleveland, obviously, with a huge lead. The Astros, five up without their middle infield on Oakland. Uh, the, 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 the one to watch is Washington. Washington six games out. They're behind Philly and Atlanta. It, do they have a run in them? That's the question. That's the question. It'll be interesting to watch the Rockies as well. They're three back in the West. Uh, I think the MVP race is Nolan Arenado and Javi Baez right now. That's what I believe. And uh, I think the team that wins it will have a lot to say about that. We are out of time, so it's time for thank yous. Eli Hershkovich. Eli Hershkovich. When I'm solo, I have a really tough time with your name, Eli, because I'm tired. But you did a great job today. Thank you very much. Thanks to our guests, Mark Gonzalez, Ned Coletti, Rick Sutcliffe, Chris Getz, Mark Zuckerman, and Bruce Levine. Thanks for calling. Thanks for texting. Most of all, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you spending some of your Sunday with us. Stay tuned now for the Cubs pregame show starring Zach Zaidman and featuring Joe Madden, Jim Hickey, Len Casper, and Ron Coomer. And then it's Cubs baseball with Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer right here on the radio home of the Chicago Cubs. 
It's John Lester and Joey Lucchese. Have a great rest of your Sunday, everybody. Hasta la vista, baby! I carpooled with McGowan to the ballpark in the morning. McGowan! Are you kidding me? Wow. Holy Moses. How about that for a sec? So long, everybody. And good afternoon, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.